And to be honest, I wasn't expecting much out of this assessment. But just after I got my, my report, I started looking around me because I felt the people who prepared this report, they were actually living around me for years. They have wrote down stuff that I never shared with anyone. This is, this is where it all happened. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Andy Sokolovich, and I'm going to welcome you back to another amazing episode of the one, the only, the world's greatest podcast. That's right, Thematics. I am a Gallup-certified strengths coach and the owner of a coaching practice, Unleash Strengths, nestled right here in the small Midwest town of Iowa called Clinton. Thematics is a podcast series created to highlight the massive impact, and I'm talking massive impact that Clifton Strengths Finder Assessment has had on now over 13 million people on a global scale. For more information or to schedule yourself an interview, that's right, you too can be on Thematics. Shoot me an email, andy at unleashstrengths.com, or give me a call, 815-441-2219. Be sure to head on over to unleashstrengths.com, click on that subscribe button, and for doing so, you'll get yourself a nice copy of our ebook, Five Steps to Kickstart in Your Top 5, written by yours truly. My co-host, the one, the only, the amazing Grace Lacanti is with us today. She's excited because we're, we're, this is episode 47, Grace. Yes, we're is. getting closer and closer to 50. But Grace works with managers and teams to inject some strengths-based training into their culture. She is the owner of LacantiConsulting.com. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E Consulting.com. And as always, Grace, I'm excited to have you on with me today. Oh, thank you. What a nice intro. What's going on <laughs> with you? What's new in your world? Let's see. Uh, Thanksgiving was fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people are thankful for all sorts of things, but for me, it was seeing my brother and his family. They flew in from Colorado, where they live now, and he spent a semester in Egypt um, studying with the Middle East Studies program at the American University of Cairo. So I'm really interested in hearing what our guest has to say about where he's living now and his background with the country of Egypt. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Grace, would you like to introduce our guest today since you already Absolutely. have a connection to the country where he calls home? He calls it home, yes. Our guest today is Mr. Amr Allah, and he is in Cairo, Egypt, which is apparently not as green as Vancouver, Washington, where I live. <laughs> but I'd love to hear uh, you tell us a bit, Amr, about your background with strengths and what your top five are. Yes, sure. Hi, Grace. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Well, my experience with strength coaching is that I started working in a company called BrainQuill. It's a consulting and training company, and one of the products is strength-based leadership as a training program. So this was the first time I was introduced to the strength-finding methodology, and this is where I got introduced to the amazing world of seeing the strength of people. And my top five are input, strategic, intellection, learner, and analytical. Very cool. Amar, thank you so much for being on this episode because everybody knows that listens to this. I geek out over technology. And mm. today is the day where I really geek out because we have the opportunity to interview somebody who is using the same tool that I am here in the small Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa, all the way into Cairo, Egypt. So that is so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. So how did strengths, I mean, you kind of told us a little bit, but so strengths-based leadership came in with a, with the organization you're working with, and it's a, something you're offering now as, a, as 
is it only to managers, teams, individuals? How are you incorporating strengths-based development within your professional life? Well, it's actually, you know, the word strength is the magic spice in the company now. We just added to everything. We are talking about strength coaching, strength mentoring, strength one-to-one, you know, leading people. So we're we're talking about frontline people. We're talking about the mid-management. We're talking about senior leaders. It's just everywhere. So, Amr, tell me uh, what you mean by the spice. I really love spices, especially in Middle Eastern uh, culture (laughs) and foods. I just ate at a Lebanese restaurant here in Portland, Oregon, which my brother absolutely loves uh, Middle Eastern food. But tell us what it is about the spice of strengths. How do you use it as you would a spice in a recipe? Yeah, you know, if we are talking to a client and we're speaking about coaching, and they say, yeah, yeah, we've, we've taken coaching sessions before and coaching training before. What's new? So when we just say the word strength and that will be focusing on strength and the strength is the foundation, people just have their eyes big, you know, I mean, real big because they used to work on weaknesses and managing weaknesses for years. And this was the language that prevailed. But now, just when we focus on people's strength and we say that we can identify the strength with a very concrete term, people become instantly excited and they want to know more about that. So we use this in coaching, we use this in leadership classes, you know, because leadership has been a word, has been used over and over and over in a way that the message got into exhaustion. So adding the, the word strength to leadership just adds a new atmosphere to the workshop and people want to come into the class just to learn about their strength and how they can use this to see the strength of people around them and create this strength environment. Well, let's go back to the first time that you took the assessment. Somebody tells you that an assessment exists that you can log on using the internet, sit back, answer 177 questions, and guess what? After you do so, it will reveal five areas in your life where you are most talented and have areas of strength. What did you think, number one, when you heard that? And then what was your reaction when you actually went through and took the assessment? Well, I thought just like you said before, it's just another assessment at the back of a magazine, you know, and something <laughs> that we've done, done this over and over before. So I just, oh my God, 177 questions. Do I really have to go through all this? Right. So, you know, I just closed my door and I started working on that question by question. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting much out of this assessment. But just after I got my, my report, I started looking around me because I felt the people who prepared this report, they were actually living around me for years. They have wrote down stuff that I never shared with anyone. This is, this is where it all happened. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very interesting. So then what? So now you have this information. And one of the reasons that we started recording this podcast and created thematics is really to help those individuals who now have their, their theme report. They look, they see these top five, but then they actually have to apply them. So what was your step two in the process? Well, the application was a bit challenging for me because, you know, I like the report, but I was asking myself, now what? But the best advice I got was from actually from David Allen. I work for David Allen, you know, getting things done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's my boss. And he told me just put the strength around you because when it is around you and you can actually name your strength, 
you put your power on them when you have a label for them. And he told me about that some, there are some tribes in the Amazon that they don't give their names to people so that they don't have power on them. So for me, just having a name for my strength, this was a game changer. Yeah, that's, that's totally correct. I mean, this is the thing is we go through life from, from the time we're actually able to see our own talents, whether it's organizing a closet or well, it's, whether it's sports or whether it's leadership type strength. I mean, we're all able to do these things innately, but we don't really have a way to acknowledge them verbally with a term until this assessment kind of came around and was able not only put these themes in the bundles, but also label 34 of them, which makes it easy for us to share information between each other just like I'm sharing information from Clinton to Cairo, Egypt. So that's, I agree. That's a huge part of it is being able to name that talent. Can you keep explaining what you mean by label your, your strengths? How would one do that? You know, when someone asks me, you know, what are your weaknesses? I can, I can go over and over and over about my weaknesses. But when someone asks me, what are you good at? You know, I go numb to that question. Because when I talk about that, I feel like maybe that's too cocky. You know, this is not appropriate to tell people what I'm good at. It's it's not being humble. But having a label for my strength makes the people actually listen. Because people become inspired about someone who's really confident about what they have. You know, this feeling of being aligned and speared just makes people listen to you. So I started talking about my strength to people. I started mentioning my top five to them. And I was interested to know that some people around me actually took the assessment before, but they never thought about sharing this with everyone. It was, it was like a, a secret kept for them. So I went ahead and I invested into the, uh, the, the full report, the 34 strengths. I printed this report and it's hanging on the wall right here in my office. Wow. That's dedication. So would you mind telling us some of your bottom five? Sure. My my 34 non-strength area is context. My 33 is belief. My 32 is harmony. And my 31 is command. And my 30 is woo. Wow. So some influencing and relationship building strengths, right? Right. Does that surprise you since your top five are all strategic thinking strengths? Of course, it's a big surprise for me because actually I'm working with people every day. You know, I make, I make a living by being with people and mm. still I'm having this strength at my bottom 34. So I kept thinking and thinking and thinking what actually makes me interested about being with people. And I figured out that my learner is the key for that because it's so eager to learn how people do stuff. Yeah, it's amazing when we find out which talent or which strength draws us to to communicate with people. For me, obviously, it's my woo and my communication. We, we've had this conversation, I think, several times on this podcast where mm -hmm. somebody says, well, I choose to become social or interact with individuals because I want to learn more about them or I know they have something to give me. I want that input from those individuals. So it's not like we, we talked a lot about introverts and extroverts. But we're, we're all communicating with each other, just basically how we're doing it. And sometimes, yep. in my case, how aggressive I lay it on. So I have to <laughs> throttle that back every once in a while. You are kind of aggressive, Andy. <laughs> but then nice so way. am I. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> well, you guys, I was just watching a movie last night called uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Have you ever heard of it? 
I have Jude yeah. Law and uh, oh goodness, who else is in it? Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. So it was back in 1999. Mm-hmm. But what was fascinating? It's it's actually a really good movie. It's kind of a murder mystery kind of uh, like sort of like a drama. It's set mm-hmm. in a beautiful cities in Italy where I grew up, and the story centers around the. Uh, this character who has an amazing outgoing personality. He just draws people with his energy, his magnetic uh, personality. And people are just drawn everywhere he goes. They're drawn to him. They want to be with him. And he, when he gives them a favor, they bask in it like in the sun. But when he withdraws it, they feel like they're left in the cold. You know, just a huge dynamic going on with this one person's personality. And that's the whole story is about his energy. So I just kept thinking, my goodness, he has so many influencing talents, woo and communication and command and certainly even self-assurance, because when people aren't with him, they feel lonely and unhappy, like they're missing something. So I just realized it's interesting to pick that out even in movies. What do you think, Amr? Do you see talents in people or in different settings now that you're aware of them? Of course, you know, it's it's just like you have installed the strength lens, you know, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Just seeing people from this perspective and actually searching for strength all the time. Just an amazing journey because this blocks you from seeing, you know, the growth opportunities for people. It blocks you from seeing the, the downsides of people and mm-hmm. it just helps you see the great stuff in people. And when you're searching for something, you just find it. How would you say that becoming aware of your strengths changed your life a little bit? I mean, obviously it made an impact. You use it professionally, but have you made any major modifications since becoming aware of your top five? Yeah, I can easily say that I can see my life before the strength finding is different from my life after my strength finding. You know, just it's a new era because in the past I had no idea what are my strengths? And I was always hesitant because my strengths were different from people around me. So I was always thinking, what can I do to be like them? Which is too exhausting, of course. But now, knowing my strength and being confident and being proud of them, it just helps me see when I'm utilizing them. I can hear my strength talking to me. You know, I can feel my strength they're watching my mind, you know, they're watching my behaviors and they're pushing me in the right side. So being aware of my strength, it's something that's developing every day because the more you listen to them, the more, the more you get used to their voice and the more you can distinguish the different voices of your strength instead of listening to just one voice. Right. And sometimes if you're too focused on your weakness, that voice that you hear is negative and often debilitating. So mm-hmm. becoming aware of your strengths really allows that kind of, for lack of a better term, positivity to flourish. Um, not necessarily positivity in conjunction with one of the 34 talent themes, but positivity and just in the way of, of positive self-talk. Exactly. Exactly. Just the positivity when it is there, this is what our brain is seeing. And once you program your brain to see strength, the brain is a very loyal servant. It will just find strength for you and it will put this in perspective. We always like to talk about balconies and basements. Are you familiar with those that terminology? Maybe it's highs and lows or something like that? Well, we take we take the individual talent theme. So let's you can pick any one that you want out of your top five. And let's talk about the positive 
inter- actions that those bring forth. And then there's some areas where we talk about having to temper our talents where often may be perceived negatively. So I'll use my communication. My communication allows me to communicate a message, usually in terms that are easily understood by others. However, the basement version of my communication means that I often talk too much. I got to. <laughs> we kind of hear that. <laughs> I'm kidding, Andy. I love hearing you talk. <laughs> I had bronchitis for you, Norn. I know. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have heard me talk for like four days if you were that hanging around with That must have been me. awful. So, okay, so is bronchitis a really frustrating thing to have when one of your top five is communication? Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, it's not like debilitating. And plus, my wife says like, oh, because I'm a guy, I always say my, whenever I get sick, it's a big deal. Because, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. All right. Oh, I'm so sick. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's tough for me because I really do thrive in social environments. And so I like to go to networking events and I like to go to meetings and I like to engage with people on a daily basis. I don't like to sit at home and just watch TV. I want to get out and about. And that may be something as simple as going to the grocery store with the off chance that I'll meet somebody there that, that I never knew before. So those things really kind of light my fire. When I can't do it because of an illness, it does suck for a couple of days until you can get kind of back in the saddle and you start feeling yourself again. See, Andy, I have communication as number six, but I'm extremely introverted. I'm a, would you have guessed that about me? You probably heard See, it on I don't previous think episode. you are. Yeah. I don't heard that before. <laughs> it's the way I process the world, though. I have to actually process internally a lot. I have to block out time every day to be alone and think because my top five strengths are very strategic, thinking heavy. So, I mean, it's just so fascinating. So, I'm, yeah, I mean, back to Andy's question because I tend to get yeah. really derailed. But which of your top five strengths would you like to kind of think of the balcony of the best version of what it can do and the basement of maybe ways that it could not serve so well? Okay, I'll be talking about my input, which is my first strength. And the balcony version of that is that it helps me be curious 24-7. And the good thing is that I collect stuff from whatever I'm seeing around me and I keep them well. And this has been a big help for me because I used to be a dentist and then I worked as a safety engineer. Yeah. And then I, I changed to a safety manager in the oil and gas industry. And then I'm changed into a person who's working in the training and consulting industry right now. So I've been into big, big changes in my life that I'm proud of. And I know that, you know, the soldier working behind the scenes is my input. So how is the, the basement part of that then? I would say the basement part will be pack ratting. You know, I just <laughs> collect stuff everywhere. Yes, yes. me too. <laughs> So what brought on all these career changes? I mean, you started out, I don't know very many dentists, at least here in the United States, who are no longer dentists. I mean, very (laughs) seldom do they jump into a different career after achieving a goal of that caliber. I know, same here, you know, because actually in Egypt and in the Middle East, you can make huge, huge amounts of money working as a dentist. So it was a hard shift for me because it wasn't my call, you know, it just did not feel right being a dentist. So I had enough courage to say no and and make the decision to move into the oil and gas industry where I teach people safety because I'm I'm a big fan of safety and saving people's lives through teaching that. Um, I spent nine years, you know, working with people in the oil and gas industry to a point that I was away from my family and my kids for so long. So I decided to sacrifice that and look for 
work here to be with them and still do what I'm passionate about, which is seeing people every day. And then tell me a little bit more about the collaboration between yourself now as a certified strengths coach using the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment and working with David Allen on getting things done. That's a great question, Andy. You know, David, David is about thinking. So this fits nicely with my learner and my intellection. And just last week, I was teaching a class with him in Kuwait. And after the class, we went together to have some ice cream. And we kept talking about his new book. And because he has just released a new version of Getting Things Done, we were talking about, you know, the new concepts and how is this evolving with him through all his life, you know, his 70 years now. So just listening to him, having this an intellectual conversation, it just feels great because I know that I have intellection. Um, I have the validation and the, gonf- and the confidence that I do have intellection. So the conversation is so much richer because I know that my reserves inside of me are ready for that conversation. Hmm. That's one part. And if, if we're speaking about input, you know, getting things done is all about capturing ideas, you know. So this is what I have been doing for years naturally, just before knowing getting things done. That was the main reason I got certified as maybe the, the fastest instructor in the world. I got really, really fast certified in getting things done. And I think the fuel for that was my input because I naturally capture stuff. So you're certified with the Getting Things Done program or which course are you Exactly. In? Yes, the yeah. Getting Things Done training program. This is the program that's built on the book. Now, can you explain for our listeners that may not be familiar with David Allen's work and getting things done, what the whole concept of that book really preached and how it is applied? The whole concept is about stress, stress-free productivity, how to be in control and be calm at the same time so that you can think in front of a tiger because your brain is organized. The tiger can be, you know, the stock market, can be the, um, the your customers, can be a person who's really stressing you out in a way. But because you have an externalized, trusted, organized brain, you can handle this. So it's basically about creating space in your brain where you can make the right decisions and have a relaxed grip. I'm looking at the website and I see that there's a mastering workflow series. Are you certified in that as well? Yeah, actually the the the, the workflow series is a part of the GTD program oh. where it actually focuses more on building a form for your work hmm. and a way where just you streamline everything that gets into your world. That's great. I just spoke um for a group of healthcare management executives on workflow within the healthcare industry and how extremely important it is to be uh, to be aware of the fact that workflow exists even if you're not managing it. <laughs> it exists yep. because that's how things happen. They go from one thing to the next to the next and the communication and the handoff of information can be very messy and especially in healthcare it can affect people's lives and their outcome, their health outcome. So it was really fun to explain that to them. I, I would really like to hear more about this. I'll definitely check out the website. It's gettingthingsdone.com, right? Yes, or you can try gtd.com. 
what we're talking about here about getting things done and really being able just to kind of clear your mind, focus on, on, on not so much one thing at a time, but towards getting things done is something that I've always struggled with. And I do sometimes attribute a lot of that to my strategic strength. And because strategic and then pair that with my ideation, it is one of those things where I'm like, I see things everywhere. I see mm-hmm. opportunities everywhere. I see next steps everywhere. So it's not a step one, step two, step three. It's like, for me, it's like step one, step one, a step one, B step two, step two, a, you know, so I jump all (laughs) over the place. And sometimes I really just need to figure out a way to focus. And I know my wife always says, if you would just see something through to completion, I would be so happy. But now (laughs) things are starting to happen that way because I've built myself a team where I realize that I'm going to be the one who's there at the inception of the idea. It's, I'm going to be the one that's going to, that's going to be act as the catalyst to get the project started, but I'm not going to be the one to see it through to the end. And I've recently come to terms with the fact that I'm happy with that, that I'm happy with that. Now, if I was trying to do this by myself, what it would, it, uh, it would result in is a tremendous amount of failure over and over and over again with very little chance of success. But now that I've become more strengths aware, I can, I can leverage the talents of others to still get things done, just not necessarily by my hands and my hands only. And that's an important, for me, that was a very important realization. Hmm. You're a smart guy, Andy. <laughs> hey, thanks. That's <laughs> why I hang out with him, Adam. Right? <laughs> Only you and my mom say that. That's amazing. <laughs> but uh, so, sir, have you encouraged others to take the assessment? I know, like you alluded to earlier, you were thinking, okay, this is just going to be another assessment. There is always that kind of wall of resistance when somebody says assessment. Have you encouraged others to take to take the Clifton Strengths Finder? And having done so, have the results been pretty positive? Yes, I did. I give it, I gave this to my pretty wife because she has been with me, you know, in the disc profile and Meyer Briggs and all those assessments. Mm. But I said, her name is Shireen. I said, Shireen, this one is real. You have to take that. And she took the code and she did the assessment and it was jaw dropping. You know, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. Now, do you find that? Doing so, you having taken the assessment and her having taken the assessment has made a difference in your relationship? Of course. We have much more clarity now because we discovered that my top strength is her lower strength, which makes perfect sense because, you know, it makes us more attached. Being the positive pole and the negative pole, it creates much more attachment and much more attraction, just like the magnet. So she knows that I complete her in a way, and now I know she completes me in a way, and it is proven by science. That's cool. Did you have her um, open up the full 34, Emma? Of course, yeah. She has the whole 34, and we just look at them, you know, and you can see how they are matching together and how much we're, we're needing each other based on that. You just used a line from a movie we have here in the U.S., uh, Jerry Maguire. Have you heard that movie? <laughs> you, you complete me. <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> yeah. It's with Tom Cruise. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Have I've you read heard this of it line before? <laughs> I've read it in a book, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very American culture when we hear that phrase. We think of that movie. I think yeah. I think the popular Valentine's <laughs> gift for 2016 is going to be the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment codes. Yes, that's that would be a wonderful <laughs> Valentine's gift. So a box gift. of chocolates, the book Strengths Finder 2.0, <laughs> some red roses, and that's yeah. going to be a perfect gift. So yeah. 
So we always like to ask this question. You're sitting behind somebody and they're taking the assessment for the very first time. They hit the print button. It comes out. It's still warm from that printer. The ink's barely dry. They look at it and they turn to you and say, now what? What am I supposed to do with this? I'll just say one thing. Stick it on the wall because having this around you actually installs the strength filter inside your brain. There's a part of our brain that's called the reticular activating system, the RAS. And this is the part that's responsible for having different filters of life. So the more you have this pap- those papers around you, the more it triggers your brain to install the strength filter inside your brain. And when this happens, you start seeing this around you. It's just like if you want to buy a black BMW and you have this filter inside of you. And once when you look around you, you can see the black BMWs everywhere. It's just like a ship is offloading them around you. Yeah. And this is because your brain is programmed to see that. And once you shift your focus to another car, you start seeing this other car around you. Same concept. If you have the strength paper around you, you know, on the wall, on your smartphone, and this actually installs the terminology inside your brain. And when this happens, you will see it around you. That's a really good idea. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Put no, it up everywhere I, so I, that you can see it all the time. I like that response. And that's something that I'm yeah. a big believer in. And whenever I do any of my coaching sessions or workshops, I always make sure that when I leave that setting, that they have something behind them that they can actually, that I left behind, that they can actually use to display their top five. Whether it's like a plastic table topper that you would see in a restaurant or it's a lanyard they hang from their doorknob, something that gets left behind so they can actually see it on a consistent basis. Exactly. That's great. Okay, I'm a, I have to ask a question that's kind of off topic. But sure. how how close are you to the pyramids? Can you see them from near where you live? Yeah, it's, it's about 20 kind of minutes part. from where okay. I am right now, and I live very close by from my office. So it's about yeah, 30 minutes if the traffic is good. If the traffic's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> really so crowded in Cairo. It's a big big sure. city. I know that it's actually in Giza, right? The city of Giza is where the pyramids are. But yes, incredible place. I mean, I'm sure you go there sometimes, right? But is it kind of like a tourist area where you don't really visit since you live there? Yeah, the great thing is that when I go to a client that's in Giza and I just pass by them, you know, you you can get the spirit, you can get the inspiration. I was just watching a really funny uh, show called... Um, an idiot abroad. It's yeah. a Ricky Gervais show on, I think I saw it on Netflix with a mm-hmm. man named Carl Pilkington. He's just a British guy who has, I believe he has a lot of strategic thinking strengths because his uh-huh. perspective in this show is, what's the point of that? Why are the pyramids over there? If, if this were in my backyard, they would have to come down, you know? <laughs> it's just very matter of fact. And, and he's not a, a very, about- he's not a very adaptable guy. So they no, send him, not. they send him all these places on purpose. So he gets completely uncomfortable and yes. he's forced to do things that are just beyond him. And it's funny to see how disgruntled and angry he gets when he's asked <laughs> to do these things. And then the guys that produce the show just sit back and laugh. Because they've, they've created, the, have you heard of it, Amr? An Idiot Abroad? 
No, this is the first time to hear that. I need to check oh. this out. Oh, it's so funny. It. I've actually so captured funny. that. His, even the guy's like facial expressions are just, yes. they're hilarious because <laughs> you can tell he doesn't want to do anything they ask him to do. It's supposed <laughs> to be um, his humiliation. That's the whole yeah. point of the show is to have him go into places that he feels very uncomfortable. But, but he says yes to episode, things. The he first does uh, series, uh, sorry, season was the Seven Wonders of the World. Which mm-hmm. um, the pyramids are one, so mm-hmm. it was just really neat to see uh, close up. And my brother was actually here at our house when we watched that episode, so he was able to tell us his own experience of seeing the pyramids and how different it is than what you see in pictures. Mm-hmm. It's not in the middle of the desert; it's right near the city of Giza, so you can actually sit in a pizza hut and look at the pyramids outside the window. Right? Have you been to that pizza hut, Amir? I've been very close to this restaurant, but not inside the Pizza Hut restaurant. Okay. <laughs> just like, that's such, that's such a funny dynamic. But anyway, yeah, the, yeah, what I loved about the show is just his, his reactions are so classic strategic thinking. There's no, you know, he doesn't seem to be aware of relationship needs. He can't really influence people. He doesn't really get much done. He just mm-hmm. reacts to, well, I think this, and I see that, and I don't understand. <laughs> Which makes for awesome wow. television. So. It really does. <laughs> do, you have, um, do you find, Emmer, that you appreciate other people's strengths more since you've become aware of your own? Yes, of course. It just happens automatically. You know, it's, just, it's just like a, by, a byproduct of learning about your strength is that you see people's strength and you say, wow, I don't have that. Tell me about it. And you become curious because you can ask the right question. Can you tell me about your ideation? Can you tell me about your woo? You know, just having this question opens up the conversation so easily. So that's your learner coming out, right? Tell me more. Exactly. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, it never ends. Never ends. So, Amr, what's your favorite theme in your top five and why? You know, I would say my input is my most favorite theme. And this is because... I can see it serving me everywhere. You know, when I'm listening to you, when I'm listening to Grace, when you say something new, when you say something special, I have the tendency to write this down, to grab this into my system. So it's been serving me for years. And I would say that this is the foundation of my intellection and my learner strength as well. I write everything down too, Ahmed. I have pages and pages of notes from every show. <laughs> yeah, join the couple while millions. <laughs> while we're talking, I'm just writing notes and ideas and connecting things in my brain. So. And I'm, I'm the polar opposite. I don't write anything <laughs> down. When I was actually, I tell yep. this story all the time, but when I was <laughs> going through strengths training in Omaha, Nebraska, here in the States, I mean, it's five days of intense learning and you're, you come in, you're under instruction from about seven o'clock till five o'clock. And I didn't write a single thing down. <laughs> and people were looking at me like, how are you not taking notes? And I say, if it's important enough and it makes an impact, I'll remember it. <laughs> I don't need yeah, to. And you were, you were looking at them like, why are you furiously writing things when yeah. you can just get a copy of the PowerPoint later? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't take notes and I've tried. I've used Evernote. I mean, I've used different apps to try to take notes. It just doesn't work. I mean, even if I record a conversation and I go back to take notes later, when I'm less distracted, I still won't do it. Chances are I won't listen to that conversation again. Now, the, this podcast is the exce- exception because I go back and I edit everything and I go through and I listen to it. I probably listen to this recording two or three times in its full length before it actually goes onto the website. So most of what's said is seared into my memory. So that's kind of how I absorb all this information through thematics. And that's a cool way to do it. Mm. 
But then, of course, you mm-hmm. don't really want to listen to it for a fourth or fifth time later, do you? <laughs> I do. I go back and listen to all the episodes just because oh, just because I like to hear what the guests had to say, what I had to say, what you had to say, and then also to kind of gauge the quality of, of our broadcast. I'm always trying to step my game up every single time. Yeah, I definitely like to listen to recordings again. And I find that I, I actually glean something new every time. I'm a, you've listened to, you said you listened to 34 of our past episodes, is that right? Yes, and again, that's my input, you know, just when I first, the first time I got introduced to your website and the first podcast, I said to myself, wow, this is just amazing. Let me download everything. And I sat down <laughs> and downloaded every podcast. And, and guess what? I put this on my smartphone and whenever I'm into my car, I just open up my phone and I start playing podcast after podcast until yeah. I've heard everything. Wow. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your dedication because probably, I, I certainly haven't heard every single one, probably 90, 90, 95%, but I'm still missing a few. So you've challenged me to go back and listen to those <laughs> missing few, right? So what app do you use on your phone to consume podcasts? It is my VLC app. It's okay. right there on the Play Store. I'm always, uh, always want to know what people are using because there's so many available right now, whether it's through Google Play, um, and then the iOS device has their own podcast app. And then there's one called overcast.fm that I'm a big fan of. So I try to keep track of how our listeners are consuming the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. And how can we get in touch with you? Say somebody listens to this and says, I need to get in touch with that guy. I got some more questions for him. How do they get in touch with you? Sure. My email is a.alla at braincool.com. Um, on Facebook, that's amr, A-M-R dash A-L-A-A. And the website is braincool.com. All so right. B-R-A-I-N-Q-U-I-L. Like NyQuil exactly. for brain. Like NyQuil, but for your brain, right? Yeah, that's BrainQuil, <laughs> exactly. Brain and NyQuil is a brand of uh, cough syrup here that we use to put us to sleep <laughs> when we yeah, don't that, feel well. <laughs> that was our inspiration, by the way. Really? Oh, NyQuil. Yeah. It's yeah, a great product. <laughs> yeah, it works. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, I do have a last question for you. What would you say to an American who may be thinking of... Uh, visiting the Middle East in general, what places would you suggest that we come see? I would say you need to go to the north coast because the weather there is amazing, the beach is amazing. You need to go to Hurghada, which is on the right side. You need to go to Sharm el-Sheikh. These are the places where you get, you know, the beautiful scenery. You can do, you know, snorkeling and still you can see the beauty of Egypt. I can't wait. At some point, I would love to see more of your beautiful country. Thank you so much for being on the show. Emma. You, you chased us down and asked if you could be our guest, and I'm thrilled to have heard your perspective. It's fantastic. Yeah. And Thank for, you so much. For any of those that are listening, you can do the same if you want to reach out and see if you can be on the show. We don't really have a long list of prerequisites, only that you love your top five, you love the concept of strengths-based development, and you want to talk about it. That's all that we ask. Grace, do you have That's anything fair. else before we close this bad boy up? No, I'm thrilled to hear from Egypt, and I'm also thrilled to hear that you're doing better, Andy. 
Glad to hear you're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Medications are great things when you need it. So That's right. yeah, I'm feeling great. But all right, everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Thematics. Remember, cruise on over to unleashedrengths.com, hit that subscribe button. Doing so, you'll get yourself a free copy of our ebook, Five Steps to Kickstart in Your Top Five, written by yours truly. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Do what Amar did. Download all 34 or 47 that we're going to have when you actually hear the show and consume them all. Just It's called like binge listening, I guess, right? Yeah. It's like Netflix, but for podcasts. <laughs> all right, everybody. This is Andy Sokolovich. I'll talk to you guys soon. And as always, stay addicted. Stay addicted.